Welcome to Behind the Bookshelves. My name is Richard Davis and this Abe Books podcast is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. Today I am joined by Carly Maris, who is the founder of the Pin Up Book Club, a community dedicated to reading the books from Marilyn Monroe's personal library and also appreciating pin-up culture. Each month, the members read a different book from Marilyn's library. Now, Marilyn's library is quite the list. Literary fiction, biographies, poetry, anthologies, art books, French fiction, Freud, humour, gardening, music, plays, politics and more besides. There's probably a lifetime's worth of reading on the list. So, welcome Carly. Hi, thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. Now, let's get started. It looks like you began reading books from Marilyn's library in 2017. How did it all begin? Well, um, a couple years before I began the book club, I saw it was either an article or a blog post that was sort of going around um, about Marilyn Monroe's extensive library. And it had um, a headline that was something to the effect of, how many books on Marilyn Monroe's list have you read? And um, she does have a number of classics, which I had seen, but I was really struck by just the wide variety of books, as you mentioned, um, that she, she had. And there were a number of titles that I had never heard, um, heard of. So um, I thought, you know, at the time of reading this, this is probably back in, uh, in 2015, at the time I thought, well, wouldn't it be fun to just, you know, read, read her books and uh, really sort of get into her mind in that sort of a way. Um, and uh, in 2017, I, um, I was actually working on my uh, dissertation. I'm getting my PhD in history. And um, I needed an outlet that wasn't related to my dissertation at all and uh, to read something that just kind of completely brought me out of it. And I, I remembered this idea that I had. And so that, that's really how it all got started. And um, I you know, thought maybe I would get a few people who would be interested in reading along with me. But um, you know, I now have over 3,000 3, followers on Instagram. So um, it's been quite a journey. So Marilyn's library stretches to more, more than 400 books. How do you choose each monthly read? Well, um, I try to vary up um, the type of book each month. Um, so I try not to have two plays in a row or uh, two novels in a row. Um, and so that, that's one of the main, the main things. Um, availability of the book is also important. So I've, uh, most of my books have come from eight books. I'll say. Um, Thank you. And so, yeah, and so um, if I'm able to, you know, I want to get editions that are in as good a shape as possible. Um, And so availability is a consideration. Um, Price is also a consideration. Um, There are some books I don't know if I'll ever (laughs) be able to afford. Um, She has a first edition, Ian Fleming, for example. So um, it's, um, it's sort of a combination of all of those things. Um, yeah. So, as you've been reading these books uh, and looking at the list, w- what does this library tell you about Marilyn Monroe? Well, you know, I think when people read today, they're really reading, and, and this was the case for me, 
it's it's an escape. It's escapism, and um, it's you know a way to sort of distract yourself from whatever is going on in in the real world. But I think for Marilyn, it was the exact opposite. Um, Marilyn never finished high school, and I think that she used books as a way to further her own education. Um, and I think that the fictional books that she chose, especially, it's it's really more about realism. Um, we read, for instance, Madame Bovary, um, which is, of course, the sort of pivotal novel for uh, realism. And, um, you know, I think that she was maybe trying to find out about herself, um, and I think she was trying to really, um, really learn more about the world. Um, yeah, and, and her, her, her just wide array of choices, I think, is really, uh, really reflects this. She has so many different books on science and political science um, that, you know, I've, you know, I've been certainly learning a lot, so, yeah. So as she was going through her career, there, there were several photo shoots, um, I think a couple were for magazines, uh, where she is pictured reading and yes. those, those photo shoots now from the 50s are widely uh, displayed, images are widely displayed all over social media, um, mm -hmm. which may surprise some people. Some people may be surprised that she was a reader. Um, mm -hmm. Perhaps not, but I mean she married, she married a playwright for a start. She did, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Arthur Miller, yeah. Yeah. Um, so out of the books, which one have you liked the most so far? Well, um, I feel like I want to answer this question with a book that I hadn't read before this because um, uh, probably my favorite would be the collection of uh, Edgar Allan Poe poetry, but that's something that I read a lot in high school. So um, aside from that, something that was sort of new, um, I really enjoyed uh, a couple of books the very first book that I chose was I'd never heard of before. Um, it's called The Mermaids, and it has this really lovely cover. Um, it was a really interesting um, depiction of a young woman um, in a, at a sanatorium, which, uh, you know, would be a hospital, and um, the sort of man who meets her, and um, it's, it's a sad story, but it's really well written. Um, and then besides that, another book that I really enjoyed is um, is the Christmas book that I decided to read pretty much every December now. Um, it's Merry Christmas, Happy New Year by uh, Phyllis McGinley. And it's this really sweet collection of little Christmas stories, um, little poems and things. So um, yeah, those, are, those, those have been my favorites so far. Okay. And has there been a book that you didn't enjoy or just wasn't? To your taste? There have been a couple that weren't to my taste, but I would say that the book that I've enjoyed the least what is called uh, It's the War Lover by John Hershey. It's, um, oh, it was, a, it was a rough getting through that book, I have to say. Um, there was a, there was a, a sort of internet meme a while ago about uh, male, write, male authors writing female characters and sort of how about it, I don't know if you uh, remember seeing that, but um, 
John Hershey, when I saw that meme, John Hershey came to mind. He did not write female characters very well. It was really rough to get through. <laughs> so I think John Hershey is famous for writing Hiroshima, I think, a non-fiction he account is, of the yeah. dropping of the bomb, which he is, yeah. basically educated the United States about what the effects of atomic warfare was. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So you, as you mentioned, you're you're searching out copies of the same editions of each book that Marilyn mm-hmm. Marilyn owned. So yeah. I, you must have a very attractive bookshelf filled with some lovely 1950s <laughs> dust jackets. Yeah, um, I I do have. I, it is growing. Um, and besides this, I do have a really massive vintage book collection. Um, but I will say that Marilyn Monroe's uh, taste in books was not necessarily, uh, she didn't necessarily judge the book by the cover. Um, she had a number of uh, just simple paperback books, for instance. Um, and so it is a really visually a very wide array of, um, of covers. Um, but I, you know, there are some really nice looking book jackets, I will say. <laughs> So I, I wondered um, what she would be reading today if she was alive. What do you think she'd be reading? Well, um, as I mentioned earlier, I think she was very much interested in the real world um, and sort of educating herself. So I don't think that she would be reading, say, A Song of Ice and Fire. Um, I, think, I think instead she would maybe be reading... Um, uh, political books. Um, the first book that popped uh, to my head uh, really was the Michelle Obama autobiography that just came out. I think she probably would have read that. Um, and I do think she would have still been reading the classics. You know, there's these, fam- these famous photographs of her reading Ulysses, for instance. Um, and I think that she probably would have been reading, uh, still reading the sort of famous works of, of English literature as well. Yeah, I wonder if she'd have read something like Cormac McCarthy, where quite harsh tales of of America and dystopia sometimes. Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to know. Um, definitely nothing, uh, nothing really fantasy and nothing really happy. I think. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So your yeah. your book club also mm-hmm. in its mandate. Um, appreciates pinup culture. So, can you yeah. tell me what that means? Yeah. Um, so, pinup culture um, really is um, it's it's a subculture that has a long-standing history back into the 19th century. And um, the way that I interpret it is um, women um, sort of reclaiming their um, their sexuality, their femininity, um, and creating their own narrative. Um, it is often an as- affiliated with um, sort of retro and vintage aesthetics. Um, and through that, um, I think pinups can't sort of treat their, you know, treat their bodies, their hair um, as art. So um, a lot of the pinup culture involves uh, figuring out how to recreate old hairstyles from you know the 20s through 60s, um, and um, uh, vintage clothing as well is a big part of that. 
Um, part of that movement is, is also the sort of body positivity movement. So, um, you know, not just embracing uh, a very specific uh, woman's figure, but sort of, um, you know, all women can sort of find, you know, however they want to um, express themselves um, is sort of welcome in, in this subculture. So, so when I think of pinups, I sometimes I think uh, of the, the figures painted on the uh, World War II aircraft, um, the bombers, yeah, yeah. those figures that were, were put there. So when you say reclaiming, do you mean reclaiming mm -hmm. from, from masculinity, from men? Um, in, in a way, yes. Um, there, uh, and there's, you know, there's a lot of different sort of internal debate about this, but, um, you know, there, there is a reclaiming, I think, of, you know, women's sexuality, um, women's self-expression, and, you know, the sense of being able to dress up and wear, you know, you know maybe beautiful, beautiful clothes. Um, for oneself and not for the male gaze, essentially. Right. So pinup culture is visual, and you, mm -hmm. uh, one of the avenues that you operate the book club on is Instagram. Perhaps you can tell me how you integrate uh, images along with your, your book reviews and commentary and discussion with your members. Yeah, um, so Instagram is uh, one of the biggest platforms for uh, pinup culture uh, as a subculture um, for, for where it thrives. Um, and I've, you know, met a lot of people on Instagram who are also involved in the pinup subculture. And um, so I have, you know, I've learned a lot about taking photographs of books to make it visually attractive um, and that's been a whole process um, because your goal on Instagram is to take nice photos to sort of get people's attention but really the photos are just someone's initial initial reaction. The captions is where um, I try to really engage with other people who are reading these books and um, interested in pinup culture and, and Marilyn Monroe. Um, so I'll read my books and then every month once I'm done reading the book I will put a review up on Instagram underneath the picture of the book and um, hopefully inspire other people to maybe read the next book or uh, comment, uh, comment on the photo as well. So it's, it's, well, it's a combination of words and, and images. Um, mm -hmm. Now, at the end of each podcast, I, I normally ask people what they're reading, but with you, I know exactly what you're reading because I've, I've gone to the website and looked yeah. at what you're doing. So you're reading a book called yeah. The Green Crow, which I wasn't familiar with, yeah. but it looks like it's a collection yeah. of short stories by an Irish author called Sean O'Casey. And when I went back to the yeah. list, there was a whole series of Sean O'Casey books on that list, uh, an author I'd yeah. never heard of. Um, so ha tell me, how, how are you finding that book? Um, well, I, from what I understand, Sean O'Casey was one of Marilyn's favorite authors. And um, when she went to England with Arthur Miller, she really wanted to meet him. So I was pretty excited to begin reading this. And I will say that um, in terms of tone, this book is a lot different than her other choices. Um, Sean O'Casey has a really great sense of humor, which I don't find in much of her other uh, her other books. Um, 
the first essay um, is, uh, which is just a foreword, I guess, um, was sort of, uh, uh, it's not the foreword, it's just the first essay, but it's, it was this really kind of hysterical um, satire uh, using crows as a metaphor. Um, all of the other essays are really focused on uh, playwrights and um, play reviews. So that's not something that I personally invested in, um, but I can certainly appreciate why Marilyn would be, as an actress, why Marilyn would be interested in um, seeing someone's take on on uh, play reviews, play critics, and um, maybe an appreciation for someone's sense of humor about the whole uh, institution of uh, play criticism. Um, I, I can sort of appreciate that Marilyn would appreciate that. So I think she went, after modeling, she went straight into movies. Is, is that correct? She didn't act on stage. Um, she, there, was, um, there was a period of time, I would have to double check this, um, but there was a, a period of time where she did do some play acting. Right. Um, but that's correct. She did, she did uh, go straight into, into movies after her, her stint as a, as a pinup. Right. Okay. So as I mentioned at, at the beginning, uh, it's, it's a mighty list with some great reads on it, 400 books. H how long yeah. are you going to keep going and maintain the, maintain the club? That's a great question. Um, you know, I'm, my goal is a book a month, and, you know, ask me again in 10 years if I'm still doing this, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, uh, I, as long as I can keep affording to buy books and, uh, and have the time to read them, I think that I'll keep, keep it up. Right. And for the question on uh, finding the original editions, you mentioned um, a first edition Fleming. Uh, they yeah. are prime collector's material and that's probably five or six to ten thousand um, dollars depending which book it was oh, yeah. so how are you going to fix yeah. that problem how will you uh, that's uh, that's a problem for uh later carly to <laughs> figure out um you know for for now i'm okay reading the uh lesser known and actually i'm kind of enjoying reading the the lesser known works um and there's there's plenty to choose from um you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, maybe in ten years, maybe I'll come across a Fleming that has been discarded. I can't imagine that, but <laughs> you never know. You can always go for the paperback first editions. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. It'll be it would be a little bit um, a little bit out of you know away from the intention, the original intention of the book club. But but that might be what I have to do. Okay. All right, so perhaps you've already decided this, but what will you and the club be reading next month? Uh, yes, so next month is a novel, and I confess I decided on this novel because I liked the way the cover looked. Um, it's called Wake Up Stupid, and it is a novel by Mark Harris, and it is about a college professor. So... Um, it looks like it might be an entertaining read. Um, we'll see. And is it another book from the fifties? Uh, yeah. Let me let me look at the actual. I've got it right here. So let me let me see if I can. Nineteen fifty nine. Right. So you're definitely reading a lot of books of a certain era. Do you, do you ever feel yeah. that they are that they're dated, or are you comfortable with understanding <laughs> what was being written and understood in that era? 
Um, well, they are definitely dated. So I am reading a lot of these with sort of a, a grain of salt as, you know, in my sort of life outside of the book club, um, my training as a historian has sort of um, made me attuned to understanding and, and how to read a text for the specific cultural context and not to really take it to heart. Um, there, there, so there, there have been, there have been certainly cases where that's, um, where the, it's been very dated. Um, for example, there's a, there's a book which was fun to read. It's called A Codfish, Cats, and Civilization, um, which is, uh, just a sort of cute little account of man's relationship with different types of animals. And, um, I, I, as a historian, I could say that some of, some of the, the specifics seem a little bit a little bit out of date, um, but I can appreciate that people, uh, you know, in the mid-century, mid-20th century, thought that this was fun and maybe a little bit cutting edge. So I understand. I understand. Uh, so yeah. that's all we have time for this week. I want to give a huge thank you to Carly Maris for joining us. Um, I hope you t- continue to enjoy Marilyn's library it's an epic challenge and good luck with reading all those books Um, thank you you can learn more about the pinup book club by visiting their website which is pinupbookclub.com or to see more you can go to their instagram the handle is pinupbookclub take a look and see what you can see Uh, thank you for listening and we'll see you again next time